0: We have to learn to strike some balance between, yes, we want to be responsible to schedule ourselves. Yes, we want to make sure that the important things get done, but we have to leave enough gaps there because there's an opportunity cost to overscheduling yourself. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I am your host, Reagan Rose. Well, in this week's episode, I want to talk to you about the perils of an over-optimized life. So if you are like me, which I think you probably are, in that you are interested in personal productivity because you're listening to a podcast on that subject currently, if you didn't realize that. That is what this program is. This is the Redeeming Productivity Show. And the whole job I have here is to help you get more done for the glory of God. I want you to think about your work through the lens of scripture. How can I honor God in everything I'm doing? How do I be a good steward of this life? Now, one of the problems though, that comes when you start getting interested in productivity is you can start to optimize things. This is good. At first, you optimize your time, you squeeze more things into your schedule as you become better at managing time. But very quickly, what a lot of people come to realize is they can become overwhelmed by this over optimization. They leave no margin in their lives at all. If that sounds like you, then I think you're going to enjoy this week's episode. So this one was inspired by an article I read over on the Gospel Coalition called Don't Reap to the Edges of Your Life, written by Brandon Cooper. It's a great article and made all the better by the fact that it starts with a reference to Wendell Berry, who is uh, one of my favorite authors, and Jaber Crow, which is one of my favorite books by Wendell Berry. And he talks about how there's these two characters in the book Jaber Crow, and one is this uh young upstart named Troy Chatham, and he tries to he inherits his father's farm and he tries to basically over optimize it. He's going to um make sure he plants all the way to the edges. There's not a square foot that's going to go to waste of the property he's going to uh take loans out against it he's going to do all of these things to make sure that that property is a cash cow for him. And on the other uh side of it, he, there's this idea of of farmers that just treat it a little bit more not relaxed, but they they don't try to overproduce from the land. And one of the lessons uh, that comes through in that story and in Wendell Berry's writings in general, and this applies to farming, is that we end up destroying the land for the next generation when we try to over-optimize it. And what's neat about this this article in the Gospel Coalition is it's not about farming. It takes a principle from the scriptures and applies it to how we tend to over-optimize our time. Now, that is definitely me. I have very frequently, um, been so full on my schedule that when an opportunity comes up where someone's like, Hey, could you grab coffee to talk? I very frequently say no. And, and in part, I don't think that that's necessarily always a bad thing. We do have to be, uh, guardians of our time. You are the one responsible for stewarding your time. It's not everyone else's to take, but there is some wisdom. In making sure that you have enough margin in your life, so not just when things go wrong, but when the Lord presents a divine appointments, you actually can pause to take them. And uh, the author here of this um, article, he points us to Leviticus 23, 22, which says, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge, nor shall you gather the gleanings after you harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord, your God. So this is a, a well-known passage because it features into the book of Ruth, right? in the story of her gleaning from the edges of the field. There's this idea that don't use up everything in the land because you want to leave some at the edges for the folks who uh, are down on their luck or just traveling through. And what I really loved about this article is he takes this and applies it to how we live our lives. He talks about leaving margin in our lives with our time, and he talks a little bit about money as well. And I think that is so appropriate. I don't think that he's, um, I don't think that he's going beyond the text when he does that. I think he's actually applying the spirit of the text there uh to a different domain. So obviously Leviticus 23 is about uh was literally originally about farming and about uh leaving crops for people. But the spirit of the law was about being generous with the things that the Lord has given you and one of the things the Lord has entrusted to us is our time. And so there's this balance we need to have about being generous with the time the Lord has given us. And so as productivity-oriented people, how do we fight this urge? How do we fight this uh, tendency to over-optimize everything in our lives to the point where we just don't have room for emergencies or divine appointments? Well, I think it begins first by thinking through, why do we over-optimize to begin with? Why is it that we think we have to make the most of every single second and and really Dial in everything perfectly. Well, in part, I don't think that it's all a bad thing, right? I think that we can be motivated to optimize our lives out of a sense of not wanting to waste time, right? I mean, the the scriptures do teach that we don't want to be people who waste time. We want to make the most of every opportunity. It says in Ephesians five sixteen, and so we want to be frugal with our time. We can't just let every interruption completely dismantle our day and so we do need to optimize to some degree but we also may be driven by other things we may be driven by fear if i if i don't work enough or if i don't put in enough hours with this main thing with my job then i am going to go hungry or i'm not going to make enough or i'm not going to get that promotion and so you end up thinking so much about these sort of uh fear-based motives that you end up not um you end up not having time in the margins for people. So that would be a mistake as well. I think another motivation for why we over-optimize is, if we're being honest, probably greed. Probably greed. Um, We want to squeeze every last uh, bit of lemon juice out of the lemon and out of life. And so my time is my time and I'm going to use it perfectly. I'm going to schedule it exactly how I want because I want to make progress on my goals. And that is not a... Christian spirited approach towards productivity. If you're using, uh, time management and all these things to basically selfishly take all of your time and put it towards the things only you want to do and not allowing, allowing any leftovers for people who might need you, that's a mistake. You are falling into the perils of the over-optimized life. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Pornography is not a comfortable subject. But did you know that seven out of ten men and one out of three women in the church today are struggling with pornography? It's the secret sin that no one wants to talk about. If porn is impacting your life or the life of someone you know, there is hope. You can begin a life of accountability and a journey toward freedom today. We all need biblical accountability. And by walking that path, you can have peace of mind knowing you're not alone in the fight. And that's how Covenant Eyes works through accountability. When you sign up, you will choose an ally who will receive your device reports and walk you toward a life free from porn, and the life that God desires for you. Try it free for 30 days by visiting CovenantEyes.com and entering the promo code ROSE at checkout. That's R-O-S-E. That's CovenantEyes.com, promo code ROSE, R-O-S-E, at checkout. Don't let shame keep you from the life God has for you. Take back your life, your marriage, and your relationships. Freedom and healing can begin today. So the, the scriptures do uh, call for margin. I really do think, like I said, that the the author of this piece is right. There's a biblical call for leaving margin in our life. And it comes to us, yeah, through that passage in Leviticus that don't reap to the edges of the field. Um, You know, it... He, he notes in there that uh, divine appointments are usually not like in our calendar. We, uh, he says that if we want to be available to God and make the most of every opportunity, that's again Ephesians 5.16, we must have margin in our schedules. I think that's such a great insight. If you want to make the most of oppor- every opportunity, you have to have those opportunities happen. What I mean is you have to be aware of the opportunities when they come. So if if you've planned every moment, you have kind of scheduled out divine appointments. That's a huge mistake, I would say. Um, again, he, he goes on, we must know we could take an unplanned hour to sit with someone who's hurting, confused, questioning, grieving, or even overjoyed. We must have time to meet him where he is and minister Christ's presence in his moment of need. He goes, He goes on a little more. Our most significant life transforming moments in ministry won't be scheduled in advance. They'll come in unplanned, informal conversations. They'll come when we follow a tearful widow into the parking lot after a sermon to offer a listening ear and a shoulder on which to cry. Now, obviously, he's aiming this towards people who are pastors, and I know not everyone who listens to this podcast is a pastor or in any kind of ministry, but I think that the point still stands. If you don't have margin in your life, you are not going to be available for when the Lord throws something at you that you didn't plan for. And I think this goes beyond just ministry opportunities, just beyond helping people. I see this in my own life with, um, when I've scheduled at every moment in my week, there, I, I don't, I miss opportunities even with work things or creative opportunities or uh, career opportunities. Because the, the simple fact is, you don't have complete insight into your, your life. And so we have to learn to strike some balance between, yes, we want to be responsible to schedule ourselves. Yes, we want to make sure that the important things get done, but we have to leave enough gaps there because there, there's an opportunity cost to overscheduling yourself. And there's a, there's a real danger, I think, in missing out on those things. So I want to give you a couple strategies for creating margin in your life. There are some things you can do um, to help you have some time and and not be completely, you know, falling into the perils of the over-optimized life. So the first thing is, I guess somewhat ironically, is tracking your time. One of the most important things you can do to get an insight on where, how your life is going, how your schedule looks is to track your time. Most people are completely unaware of just where the moments of their day are going. Um, They, they think that the calendar really represents the landscape of their schedule, but it doesn't. You spend time on a variety of things on social media, on your phone, on phone calls, all of this stuff and your best estimates are probably way off. And the way you find this out is by taking a week and tracking your time in 50-minute increments for an entire week. I'll link in the description and show notes for this episode to a, um, a tool you can use uh, to fill out and track your time for a week. I highly recommend this. Do it for a whole week. I even give some information in there about how you can um, do this with And categorize things. So I have things like work commitments, family commitments, church commitments, professional commitments, like trying to put all those things on there and then tallying up how many hours is going to each one. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? Because it shows you where everything is going and it forces you to look your schedule in your face, your actual schedule, and say, is this really where I want my time going? And what you might find is you've got too many things on there. There, There's a lot of other benefits, but I think for this specific problem of addressing, is my life over-optimized, tracking your time can show you if you're trying to do too many things. Okay, then the second thing I would recommend uh, for creating some margin in your life, the second strategy is... You need to list everything you're committed to. I talk about this a lot. I have a course called Overcoming Overcommitment. And in that course, we deal with this subject a lot more in depth, which is, I call overcommitment the problem that productivity can't solve. Because you think that just by learning to manage your time better, you're going to be able to have an infinite capacity to do more things. That's not true. Time is finite. You can't infinitely scale yourself. And eventually you hit a wall. And a lot of time, that's not a time wall. It's actually a, a mental capacity wall, right? So you, you don't have enough bandwidth in your thinking to keep track of all the things you're responsible for. You start to get stressed. You start to get burnt out. You start to get ornery in relationships. Like, it's bad. And so for a lot of people in modern times, uh, one of our biggest obstacles, and this goes far too unaddressed for people, one of our biggest obstacles to being productive is actually doing too many things which is sort of ironic right we we think productivity is doing lots of things but it's not productivity isn't about doing a bunch of things it's about doing a few things really well i i I posted this tweet earlier uh this week it says christian productivity isn't about doing everything you possibly can it's about being faithful to what god has given you to do And that means respecting that you have limits, you need rest, and you will fail often. So this second exercise I'm talking about here, listing your commitments, is part of getting some visibility on, do I have too many things on my plate? And so you just go through and say, what are all my work commitments? What are all of my family commitments? What are all my church commitments? What are my possession commitments. I have to take care of the house. I have a car I needs fixing. I, um, I, what ministries am I volunteering for? How much entertainment am I committed to each week? Um, deadlines, all that kind of stuff. And this is separate from the time tracking exercise. In this one, you're just getting down a massive list to show, here are all of the things I presently am responsible for doing. And then the third step, which is the most important part, is you need to start cutting stuff out now i know this isn't gonna apply for everybody in the world but for most people you've you probably have too many things in your plate and if you are feel that you're in this boat where hey i'm living an over-optimized christian life i'm falling into some of these perils um then you probably need to start thinking about cutting some stuff out of your life and that's not easy and that requires a lot of prayer. I would look over that list of commitments you've made and uh, pray, which ones, Lord, should I not be doing? What's, what is the main thing you've called me to? Um, what, what are the unique things I'm gifted in, especially that I can do? And what are the things I've taken on simply out of fear of man, trying to people please, um, maybe out of greed or other things? I've added all these little side projects to my life. And now I'm overwhelmed and I'm not doing the thing you gave me to do well because I've tried to over optimize and then just start cutting those things back. I, uh, in our Redeeming Productivity Academy, which is our um, community for um, Christian productivity that I run, a member recently posted sort of like a big win that she had with regard to saying no to a lot of overcommitments. And they were all. The ones she listed were good things. Um, I won't share her name. I'll just kind of because I didn't ask her permission yet to share this, but I wanted to just share like kind of the some of the things she listed. she She noted that these weren't bad things that she cut out of her life. They were a lot of them were volunteer commitments that she had done. But now that she took them off, she said it removed so much anxiety and she's able to step back and see that she doesn't have too many things on her plate. Um, and saying no to the good for the great was basically how she summarized it. And that is, I think, a great, um, a great way to put it. A lot of times, uh, you'll hear this quote. People say, good is the enemy of great. That is so true. So very often, there are many things that we have added to our life's plate (laughs) that are good. They're not bad things but it's too many things. And we have to ruthlessly eliminate stuff if we want to live a life that is focused on the stuff that God has really called us to. And so that would be my encouragement to you this week is if you are living an over-optimized life, you've tried to squeeze too many things under your calendar, you've got too many goals going, you've got too many plates in the air, you've got too many commitments, pull back, ask yourself, am I reaping to the edges of my field of my time? As the author of that article said, am I trying to do too many things and thereby eliminating opportunities for things that God may have for me that are completely unexpected? Or am I eliminating my ability to do with excellence the the main big things the Lord has called me to do and steward in this life? These aren't easy things to do. They're not easy decisions, but I think they are required if we want to be faithful stewards of our time for God's glory. Well, that's all I have for you this week. Thank you for listening or watching. If you're watching on YouTube, I will be here again next week, but until I do remember this in whatever you do, do it well and do it all for the glory of God.